Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a university fellowship podcast where we get together and talk about what we've been chewing on in God's word. We have Lou Hines with us today. Lou, you are the worship pastor here at UFC. Lou, welcome. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Good. Lou, you're so excited about this. So excited. I can feel it. The anxious jitters. (laughs) Um, What have you been chewing on concerning God's word lately? Yeah. Well, great question, Chris. Um, I have been reading a couple different books, but really just thinking and considering on, of all things, the Jewishness of Jesus, um, if I could use that term. So, um, I think so often in uh, just the American mindset, but but obviously any culture that you live in, you just you just innately start to think along those lines. And when we're reading scripture, I think that can happen. And we forget that, at least I do, um, perhaps others don't, that Jesus was a Jew. And all of Unbelievable. the- I know. Yeah, right. I don't buy it. Um, but all of the implications that come along with that. And so, it's just something that I've been thinking about, um, pondering, reading a couple different books along those lines um, that have been helpful. Um, one is called Wanderings by Kayam Padak, and he's he's a Jew. He's not a Christian, but um, he writes fictional stuff, Ooh, but okay. he wrote a history of the Jews, um, which is very interesting. Um, so, trying to get that kind of perspective, because that's obviously where Jesus came out of. He's part of history, you know, like he's a real person. Uh, he's not just, um, well, he's real. I mean, he was a historical figure, right? Yeah, yeah. He existed in a time and place. Mm-hmm. He operated within that context. He wasn't, how do I say, culturally transcendent in that they would have known him as a Jew. He acted like a Jew. He interacted with Jewish cultures and, and the other Jewish people. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, he comes out of that history. Um, so, reading that book and helping me to appreciate that um, about him, but then also reading a book by Christopher J. Wright, um, Jesus in the Old Testament. And he has a three-volume series, The Father in the Old Testament, Jesus in the Old Testament, and The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Um, so, reading those in tandem has just caused me to stop and ponder and think, okay, how am I bringing my American uh, Western cultural values um, when I approach scripture and when I approach Jesus and and all of that. So yeah, that's interesting. Chewing on. Okay, so I think most people probably would not be blown away when somebody says something catchy and gotcha like Jesus wasn't a white man. Most people are like, yeah, yeah, right. Of course he wasn't. He was Middle Eastern. What do you mean? Yes. Um, but have you found ways that that has been brought to light in your thinking as you're reading these books where you're like, Oh, I didn't realize I was kind of projecting that onto Christ or other biblical characters. Yeah. I think that we can often operate with the knowledge that, Oh yeah, well, Jesus wasn't a white man. He didn't live in the 20th century, um, America. Um, so we, we can, we can think that, but that's not necessarily always how we operate implicitly, you know, like we live in a culture and we don't even realize how often we're, we're shaped by those values. And, 
I think what can happen is we we start to fashion Jesus in our image, you know, kind of like that reversal of it's a bad idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. horribly bad idea. Yeah, we don't recommend that. Yeah. Um, so we start to shape Jesus in our own image. Um, and we start to shape Jesus in the ideas of Western culture. Um, so for example, thinking about it, what are some things that are very prevalent in our culture that that we we prize or we value? Things like expediency, um, product over relationship, um, time management, um, hustle culture, hustle, yeah. hustle, baby. Yes, yeah, so that's thinking of those things, and then okay, so then we start to th- look with through that lens of like, okay, how can I be a better manager of people by looking at Jesus? Mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't primarily a manager of people. Um, he was the savior of the world. <laughs> You know, son of God kind of stuff. It might be up there on his resume. Right. But. <laughs> yeah. So this, so then we start to look for like leadership principles, not necessarily a bad thing, but Jesus was a Jew, you know? He wasn't a guru. He wasn't there to make you 10X your business. Right. Yeah, oh, exactly. So, um, but then we start to take, we start to fashion Jesus in our own image um, and the things that we, that we do or we think we we like we baptize those and make those okay because, well, um, if I'm making Jesus in my image implicitly, then suddenly those things that I want to do, or that I like, are my end goal—a bigger business or a bigger, mo- more money in my checkbook—or uh, h- how many more people can I influence? If those are the things that concern Jesus, well, then now I can be okay with right. being concerned about them. Right, and I think you've probably heard it countless times as I have. People say things like, well, I think Jesus, and then, you know, mm-hmm. they, they ramble on with whatever it is. And I, anytime I hear those three words, I think Jesus would have, would have liked, would have, you know, wouldn't have, um, my ears and skin immediately prickle up. I'm like, uh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, or do you know that? Cause scripture is clear on that. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's great. And we, and it's hard. It's hard to do to, um, to to be objective outside of our culture, and I think some would say that it's impossible. But the more that we can think within a biblical framework, and I think that comes by immersing ourselves in Scripture. Um, I think that's the the most important way. Uh, the better off we are, and you know, other ways. Um, Certainly, I like to read. I know that everybody who probably listens to this may not like to read, but um, reading about culture or reading about ancient cultures where Jesus lived in and walked and and all of that um, is a good practice as well. Yeah, absolutely. If if the framework we're operating operating from exclusively is our own framework, mm-hmm. then we're going to read that. I mean, any any honest pastor worth his weight in salt. Um, operates under the pretense of context being king when you're mm-hmm. when you're seeking to understand and preach the word. Otherwise, you get sermons, you know, about whatever values they're presenting, mm-hmm. you know, or they hold dear. Whether it's, you know, they're politicizing the pulpit and they're using that as a platform to push a a particular political agenda or, um you know, whether that be liberal or conservative, mm-hmm. both of those are to some degree egregious when compared to yeah. actual scripture. Oh, for sure. And yeah, context is king. And we can talk about 
you got literary context. You also have historical context, you know, which is kind of what we're right. historical context is, is, is primarily what, you know, we're talking about, you know, understanding Jesus, that he was a Jewish man, but um, literary context is incredibly important, immediate context, but then also um, understanding the uh, putting that portion of scripture that you're reading in the context of the whole Bible. Because uh, not everybody needs to be a biblical scholar um, or a historical scholar. Um, some of those things just don't interest people or they don't have a, a necessarily need for that. But if you can spend time in your, in your Bible um, and reading it, and then you start to get a sense for from beginning to end the story, um, and then you're able to take what you're reading and you're able to put it in that context. So yeah, I think... Uh, as you mentioned, context is king and hugely important. Yeah, I think, because it could be overwhelming, like you alluded to, you know, certainly there, I think there's a feeling amongst most people, even myself, um, that can sometimes put this big chasm between y- yourself as the reader and the academic elite, you know, or mm-hmm. the or just a pastor, you know, period. Mm-hmm. And they're like, boy, I just, I don't know as much as they do. And they can talk about the culture and they talk about the history and these things, but it might be a good idea just to ask the question, does this fit? Does my Mm -hmm. reading of this fit with what I know about what's happening in the text now and what's happening around it Mm -hmm. and what God has said from the beginning of time to the end of time? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, just, just simply reading your Bible. I, I, um, have had the good fortune of studying the Bible. And I chose that as part of my education, um, undergrad and graduate. Right. And so I've had that privilege, but there are times and even when I come and I feel overwhelmed by the immensity of scripture and I'm like, wow, am I even, um, qualified (laughs) (laughs) to read, understand. And, and then you start to, to play this dangerous game of comparison. Um, uh, but, but really, um, it simply just starts with opening the Bible and and reading it. And we have been so blessed with so many good translations. Um, and, um, you know, my hope is that nobody would ever be turned off because of, you know, the academic elite and, and all of that. There's so much that you can do if you just take your translation or several translations, you open it up, you read it, and you seek to understand it. And one of the, also one of the best things you can do is just ask questions. Um, I think Bible study really comes down to asking questions and then trying to find those answers. Um, and those answers can be found in extra biblical sources like academia and, and that sort of stuff, but it can also just be found reading your Bible. You know, if you were on a desert Island and you just had scripture, that would be sufficient, you know? Yeah. Scripture interprets scripture. And, um, so I, yeah, I guess as this podcast has taken a turn, if anybody's listening to it, don't be turned off. Don't be scared to read your Bible. Um, uh, God wants you to read your Bible. Yeah. And and it's effective. Yeah. Right? We believe that the spirit works through his word mm-hmm. to cleave us and to mend us and to work in us. Right. Um, would you agree just to, just to kind of round back out on the historical context piece of it, would you agree that uh, along with a, the accurate handling of God's word, understanding mm-hmm. it in its historical context, that as you learn these things, that it builds up like almost an, uh, an excitement and appreciation for the beauty of what mm-hmm. God has actually done. 
Mm-hmm. Oh man, it. Uh, yes, I. And here's where I think everybody might be different. For me, it has for sure, and that's really all I can can speak from. I mean, I see it in other people as well, but it does when it adds a depth and a richness um, for me when I'm able to place scripture and in in the context of actual historical events. For one, it it kind of takes it away from this like esoteric kind of like um, scripture in the clouds kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you start to realize that these were um, actual times, places um, in history uh, is impactful. It's uh, you, anybody, well, I shouldn't say anybody. People, when they go to Israel, for example, and they're able to see the places of like, oh, yeah, this is where such and such an event happened, you know. Um, it 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 grounds the the scriptural story, the scriptural narrative, and it makes it, like I said, less esoteric and more like, and it's like this light bulb goes off and you're like, oh my word, this actually happened. Yeah. Um, that's what it's done for me, and it's created a depth um, to scripture. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Because even though most people most Christians, Bible-believing Christians, are going to affirm the Word of God. They're going to say, yeah, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the Word of God. When it says things happen, they happen. And of course, there's poetry and, and apocalyptic literature in there. You got to read a little differently. But, you know, they'll affirm these things. But I agree. That's a great way of putting it. So, something happens, and maybe it's because we're used to reading fiction as children or fairy tales or these mm-hmm. things, that it kind of has a floatiness to it. Yeah, like a fairy tale. Yeah. But it's true, it's, obviously. Right, it's true. And you would say it's true, but like you described that light bulb going off, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I've experienced that as well, where you're like, woo, like, wow, yeah. this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, at least for me and my experience, it kind of like the weight of it impacts you. And you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, maybe this isn't the best example, but um, I think of the movie, The Passion of the Christ, mm-hmm. not not completely biblically accurate by any sure. stretch, but when you see a, certainly the passion, the the torture, the crucifixion of Christ with your eyes, you know something that none of us will mm-hmm. see. It it hits differently. Mm-hmm. It like grounds those moments where you're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this, these aren't just words on a page. This is yeah, vivid. Yeah, or I think of even something like um like uh if you ever have a chance to experience the Passover Seder. So um I've been able to experience it both in like a college context i know that jamie does it um um as well on an annual basis and um been able to experience it because my wife has family over in israel so when we visited we were able to experience it but to realize that um something similar if not that very practice was practiced by jesus yeah and that comes full circle right jesus was a jew not a surprise yeah but the implications of it is what i'm talking about and so it's like when you uh, realize that that man he the the history that surrounds that and and that he practiced that um you know he sang scripture just the hebrew scriptures just like um some jews do today you know uh, or he sang the psalms or he i mean and he prayed the psalms the and we see that um in the new testament and uh so i don't know it Coming full circle, um, all of that historical implication has just been um, very enjoyable for me re- re- lately and uh, causing me to pause and reflect on Jesus and, and gosh, like, um, you know, 
how am I, um, what do I need to change and what uh, behavior or thought process needs to change? Yeah. In that's, relation to that. So yeah. That's great. So where would you send someone who's listening mm. for like an entry encyclopedia, you know, something that's going to give them just a 30,000 foot view on history and culture yeah. to help ground them a little bit in their reading? Oh, it's great. Um, oh man. Well, honestly, the, the book that I'm reading right now, um, Jesus in the old Testament, he, I would consider him, he's a scholar, but he writes, um, for, for everybody. So, you know, be the first to admit some works are really dense, um, dense, AKA code word for boring or hard to get through, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah. Uh, so Christopher Wright, um, Jesus in the old Testament is really good. Um, haven't made it too far in, um, but I have found his writing um, very readable and approachable, um, and he does a really good uh, job, especially at the beginning, of providing that, um, you know, as you said, 30,000 foot view, um, what have you. So, yeah, point you there, um, Bible studies, I don't know. Yeah, I've. if you like pictures, if you're a simpleton like I am. Um, I've enjoyed the, I think it was a Zondervan encyclopedia of the Bible or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could walk in or go on any Christian bookstore website and find it. Lots of pictures of pottery and, you know, things of that nature. For sure. Um, but yeah, that's great. Well, yeah. thank you for coming on and sharing that. I appreciate it. No problem. We'll see you next time. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.